You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show, the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. Doesn't look like we have any new callers, so let's get started with Aaron number two, a.k.a. Jimmy. Hey, it's Jimmy. Hey. So here's the thing. Thinking about this Jordan Love fumble, and the reason that, of course, you don't want to see that, but that it doesn't really give me a lot of concern when things like that happen is because I'm thinking about something I think really needs to be focused on. Zero punts. Right. Zero punts. Right. We're getting entire games. Oh, good, Jordan. Which gets back to your point. Consistency is what it's all about. And if he is 95% on, on instead of half a game, hopefully, uh, we're solid, especially if the defense can just keep it keep it rolling like this. The other team ain't gonna punt zero times. Um, that's all. Just wanted to celebrate that little little tidbit and uh, pinpoint a reason for really solid optimism now and in the future. Go back home. Yeah, I just looked it up. There's only been five games this year in which there have been zero punts. And every time I look this up, this this was yesterday. I forget. Was it? Was it no. I think I know, but I don't want to guess because then it's weird if it's somebody else. Um, every time I look something up that the Packers do that is uniquely awesome, you know who else is there? Dallas. Five times it's happened. Green Bay did it once against Chicago. Dallas did it twice. They did it Thursday night, week uh, 12 against Seattle when they won 41-35. And they did it week 18, same as us, against Washington. You know, I, I really think it's it's kind of incredible. And I'm, I'm not saying we're as good as Dallas. I'm not, I'm not going to say that. Um, Packers are young. Packers are inexperienced. Packers are volatile. These all might be true about Dallas also. I don't know. Um, I, I just don't want to make it sound like 
I think we're necessarily should be up on that tier. Maybe, I don't know. But I do think it's interesting if you actually look at the second half of the season, it's really not as much San Francisco, Dallas as you'd think. Offensively, it's a lot of Green Bay, Dallas. And I don't think anybody really recognizes that. And some people might say, yeah, what about the defense? And that's fine. Um, I mean, we could certainly point out that the defense seems to be playing better, which is a positive. Um, but yeah, you look at the second half of the season. I mean, it's it's kind of a Green Bay-Dallas race at the top. And I don't know that Green Bay isn't winning in many, many categories. Um, again, you want to just sit and look at points. Okay, fine. Dallas scores more points. They they blow out a bunch of bad teams. They do a better job of of destroying bad teams. Congratulations to them. But um, I, I just think maybe the Packers offense, even though the, it is starting to get some recognition, especially Jordan Love more than anything, I don't know that it's fully understood quite how good the offense has been. Hey, it's JJ. Hey. All right, I know it's the... Vikings and the Bears and their offenses are just terrible and their quarterbacks are just terrible. I get that. And no, I don't think the defense is fixed, but for the last mm, three games, the defense I think has been pretty dramatically different in how they are attacking. A lot more aggressive. Now, obviously, that Panthers game like was kind of crap, but it was different. You saw a lot more stunts and blitzes and different coverages. And, dude, we were talking, you were talking on the pod about, like, Joe Barry is the guy on the diet who's getting fatter. Like, hey, <laughs> we're bend, don't break. But also we're breaking. Yeah. And you were like, dude, I just want to get aggressive and like, listen, if we're going to give up a ton of yards or whatever, fine. But let's also get the sacks. And at least for the last two games, we have seen that materialize. So can we take that to Dallas? I don't know. Is it going to work in Dallas? We'll see. But it's been more fun. So. I'm all for it, and I think, I think it was after the the Giants. It was the Tampa Bay game after the Tampa Bay game, but before the Panthers game is when Lafleur said that he was sitting in on the defensive meetings and getting more involved in like the defensive game planning and stuff. Which, like Matt, come on, <laughs> you have a defensive coordinator. Shouldn't this be a sign that Joe's not getting it done if you have to go in there and like do his job for him? That's a side point. It's working. Yeah. It's amazing. I, I mean, I just think that Joe Barry is clearly the problem because you get Matt's voice in there and they change things up and it starts working. Right. So, like, it's not just the players. Anyways. This call was supposed to sound positive, and maybe it came across as negative, but that's not how I feel. I'm being positive. Well, I think it is. I mean, look, I'm in search of, I I want to be sold on the fact that this defensive performance is real, just like I I wanted to last year. You know, oh, it's the bye week, and they learn something, and they tweak something. Great. I'm all in. I don't know if that's true or if that's BS. I have no idea. 
right? There was the suspension of Jair. Maybe that triggered something. It's Matt LaFleur getting in the meeting room. Maybe that did something. I don't know. But if it's real, we're Super Bowl contenders. If it's not, we're about to get embarrassed and blown out of the playoffs. Um, that's That's just where we're at. So... I'm all in on coming up with whatever theories. Maybe it's a combination of all things. I don't know. And I agree that Matt needs to be smart enough to recognize that if you have to step into the meeting room to help your defensive coordinator, he's not the right guy. And, um, you know, even if that's not necessarily the case that, well, that's why things are getting better. Still, the fact that you feel the need to go in there and try to help him out should set off all kinds of red flags. But again... We'll take it a week at a time. We'll see how they perform against Dallas. If uh, if the defense really stifles the Cowboys' offense, which is one of the best offenses, I think you can make a case that Dak is probably the best quarterback in football right now. Um, if they can more or less neutralize him, it's getting harder and harder to fight against Joe Barry. I, I like I said, there's there's nothing I don't think anyone can do to convince me that he's the right guy for the job. That's not really the question, though. It's do the Packers think that they are going to move on no matter what? Um, I don't know the answer to that question, but we'll see. We'll see. As of right now, all I know is the defense has had like two good performances recently, and um, we need a lot more of that if we're going to make a push in the playoffs. Ryan, this is Nico. I'm just warming up my car in the morning here, Monday morning. Victory Monday. As you just do. listening to the After Dark. I'm just, you know, I've had a I've had a little time to stew on this game, and I'm telling you, I just, it's, I'm just a, still amazed at how good Jordan Love played. I know. You know, I got a lot of football friends, and uh, all my buddies that aren't Packer fans are like, yeah, he looks kind of good. You know, they're saying that they're being reserved. Um. And I tell you, I guess now we know, you know, what Goody and all those guys saw in practice. Right. When we didn't see it, you know. I mean, I'm being, maybe that's not true. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, if he could just play like that every game, I mean, is that too much to ask? <laughs> Seriously, is it, is it too much? Yeah, uh, but no, I, I mean, that's like, you know, the whole team grew up this year, obviously. And, you know, this has been said a million times. They were young, and they had to develop. And they did. And, you know, guys running the same route. And now that, like, the whole team is on par, he just looks amazing. Like, you you know, you mentioned this morning, the one pass that they posted. Yeah, he had a bunch of those yesterday. I was like, oh, my gosh, that pass is, like, just dimes, you know. Um, and maybe this is just the show you know, how he can be. Yes, he's reading and he says it. And he's be, he's such a cool dude when he gets interviewed. Um, you know, he's reading things better. The game's slowing down a little. But plus, let's face it, we didn't have a running game all year. Jones has been out, what, half his games. <laughs> and, like, we have Aaron Jones, and I cannot say enough about that guy. Mm-hmm. He's just built different. I guess maybe thank you, you know, McCarthy, for not running him into the ground. Like, right. you know, all the other running backs drafted his year. He's still, like, got fresh legs, but when he's got a running back that can run, um, it just it makes the defense, you know, be like, wait a minute, where are we going? And he, he can just find the holes. Just, just, I'm still amazed at how good he played yesterday. And uh, that's really all I got to say. I mean, hats off to everyone, 
Wicks, holy crap, is this a fifth round or seventh round number one receiver? I don't know. I mean, Reed is way better than I hoped. Um, man, if we could ever just have Christian be healthy for a year, I don't even want to think what we could do. Like, if Christian Watson could be healthy for a year, we could be in the Super Bowl next year. I'm just, yeah. I'm just still amazed. And my time is almost up, folks. So it's been good talking to y'all. Go <laughs> pack, go. Yeah, I mean, defense and special teams, as we know, are major contributing factors. We had, you know, in 2020, just a catastrophic special teams, and I'm not going to blame everything on that, but it obviously hurt us pretty bad. Um, it's, 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 you got to at least have something decent. And um, so I'm, I'm hoping that we can kind of get that figured out as we next year. And that's, that's the other big thing sort of against Joe Barry. Don't, do we really want, to freaking dominate and try to meet our full potential. I mean, this offense is barely scratching the surface. This is what happens when you get the absolute right play caller and, uh, you know, game designer and, and, and what we have in Matt LaFleur, where even with just these sparse pieces with very little information and very little, um, what the heck is the word? They, they haven't played very long experience. He's able to, create this and and some of it is to the credit of Jordan Love and the receivers and the tight ends and everybody themselves but they've just done such a spe- spectacular job and it's like what is the ceiling with a Joe Barry defense seriously what is the ceiling maybe like at the end of the year we get this this little run every year like have we just given up on the top 10 defense idea have we given up on a top 5 defense idea do we, do we forget 2010 and 1996 when we won the Super Bowls that defense was a major driving factor? It's like we had Brett Favre and we had Aaron Rodgers, so we just assume that defense doesn't matter. Those were like two of our best defensive teams, and we just so happened to win a Super Bowl. It's not a coincidence. So I agree. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I think we have an offense that can compete right now. It's, it's just a question of can they keep this up? But again, they, they are a top five offense already. If I said if I said defense, I meant offense. But we got we got to get some complimentary pieces, and I'm willing to be patient with special teams. I think we took a huge jump from the worst special teams unit to a pretty solid special teams unit the next year. Now it took it was mostly the second half of the year. It took a while to build up, and then but then again, we we basically revamped the entire special teams unit, all new pieces. Um, it's it's a very young special teams as well, not just. Uh, not just offense, and and I'm sure that's relatively common because it's kind of a lot of bottom of the roster guys. So there's a lot of turnover, but I think this was massive, especially when you have a new punter and a new long snapper and a new kicker. So again, I'm willing to be patient, but but defense, I, I we it's not about what I want. We need a at least a top ten defense if we seriously think we can compete. You know, can you get hot at the right time and and have a defense that's top 10 down the stretch and an offense that's top five down the stretch and end up winning. Sure. But that's not what I, that's, I'm not hoping to get super lucky. I mean, I, I guess you're always hoping to be super lucky. That's what it takes to win the Super Bowl. But the, uh, you can at least ramp up your odds by having the best team. Yeah, I just got to call back. Um, and I know the defense played good. And I know we all want him to still get fired. You know who I'm talking about? Um, in all likelihood, we get boat raced by the Cowboys. Um, 
I mean, let's face it. Any given Sunday, blah, blah, blah. We play yeah. like that, blah, blah, blah. But right. it's true. I mean, I've, I've seen Dow, the Cowboys. I've seen the Cowboys play two games this year. And one, they look like they could have beaten any team in the history of the NFL. The other, they look like absolute trash. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully they're not ready. But, uh, I just still can't believe how good Jordan Love was. I'm still amazed. Um, anyways, yeah. Uh, so let's, here's the next week. Uh, I kind of rather go to Dallas than, than, uh, Detroit. I don't know. Um, you know, you know, Jordan went into Chicago and beat him. If, if Jordan goes into Dallas and beats the Cowboys, yeah. Cowboys fans will be in line with the Bears fans to hop off the planet because they're going to be like, what are we going to do? You know, they, they finally have Dak Prescott not looking like, you know, a dumpster fire. Um, although he periodically does throughout the season. Sure. You know, we know that. Um, and if Jordan Love's in there and, and plays like this and beats the Cowboys in Dallas, holy crap. Uh, there'll be less douchebag NFL fans uh, next year. Anyways, I showed on how good Jordan Love played. I can't believe it. Um, and anyways, I'm at work, so yay. Yeah, I mean that that is that is true. I mean, there's less upside to playing Detroit. It would be it would be a higher chance that we win, which means a higher chance that we move on, which is which would be great because then you would have knocked out Detroit. And um, and you won a playoff game, so that's that's great. But what did you prove? Nobody's going to really care. Detroit's going to be pissed, and that would be great to run the gauntlet to beat Chicago and Minnesota and Detroit. But nobody really cares about Detroit. They're not an actual competitor. It's a question of can you actually beat the top team? So there is a sense in my mind where it's like let's just go all or nothing. Let's balls to the wall of this thing. Why why risk losing to lesser teams? And then being like, see, you you didn't even belong. It's kind of like the Vikings, right? The Vikings got in, and they lost to the Giants, and the Giants got boat raced. The Giants were a fraudulent team. They sucked last year. They should not have been in the playoffs. And the Vikings got beat by them. So they were fraudulent compared to even frauds. It was horrible for the Vikings. So how about this? Let's just go toe-to-toe with the best team in the playoffs right now at least the team that you can play. I don't I aside from Baltimore and San Francisco who who you can't play. I think Dallas is the one legit gatekeeper. If if we lose to them, hey, we got in the playoffs again, playing with house money. It is what it is. You lost to a top team next year, you know, next year is a, is a much better year to see if they can legitimately compete. If you beat Dallas, you have just Open the door to guess what we are. We are like one game. Otherwise, I mean, again, you got to beat two teams that nobody cares about. You got to beat Detroit, and then you got to beat like the Rams. Who you could say the Rams are getting hot, whatever. You could beat those two teams and then lose to San Francisco, and everybody shrugs and goes, "Man, you still suck." Like you're not actually one of those top teams. So why don't we just put it all on the line? Let's just push the chips in. We're going all in right here, Dallas. In Dallas, win, and you are one of the premier teams in the NFL. You can lose to San Francisco. That's fine. You beat Dallas. That puts you in the top five, top four, top three teams in the NFL. You lose again. You you don't lose much if you lose. Everyone expects you to lose. You're seven and a half point underdogs, and nobody can look at you and say, "See, you were frauds," because it was Dallas. 
So I kind of get it and I kind of like it. Like, let's let's quit. Let's not dance around this thing. Let's not screw around and see if we can scrape around the edges and beat some teams that don't really belong while potentially losing to them, which more than likely you're not going to win two of those games and then go to San Francisco to begin with. And then you have to beat San Francisco. Let's just let's just put it all on the freaking line right now. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, Pack Daddy's caller number five here. What's up? Um, so just wanted to comment really quickly on Carlson. Um, there's no point in, in trashing the guy. I mean, yeah, he's missed a couple kicks. He's 11th in percentage for kickers this year. That's totally fine by me as a rookie. Um, if you're saying things like, you know, that he can't keep missing these extra points and these and these kicks that are crucial or whatever, like, dude, nothing is going to change. We're not bringing someone in. Mason Crosby's not walking through the door. Uh, we're not going to cut this guy. He's going to be here next season. Just relax. It'll be fine. Um, if he misses a game winner in the Super Bowl, maybe I'll lose my mind, but uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's going to be fine. Just uh, chill, everybody, on Carlson, please. Be patient. It'll be fine. Uh, now to move on to the playoffs, because we're in the playoffs. 
This Cowboys game is not the one that I wanted to see. Like I said before, I wanted to see Detroit. But I'm thinking, what if Watson comes back finally for this game and has a repeat performance for the last time he played them, and Aaron Jones always seems to just kill the Cowboys. He just seems to just kill them. He does. Just bring him. He's he's 100% now. He's running like his hair's on fire. He's running like he's 20 years younger. Um, so, sorry, the dog's going off. Um, so, yeah, bring Aaron Jones and Watson Legacy Games incoming for Cowboys if we beat them. Like, honestly, I just want to beat the Cowboys. If we beat the Cowboys, I will be in a state of euphoria where the 49ers can't hurt me, not even a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just wondering what you think the keys to victory are going to be against that Cowboys team. It's going to be a tough one, but I believe in our boys. How are we going? Well, I'm with you. I mean... You know, again, we use the term house money a lot, and I think there's a lot of truth to that. Even if we lose to Dallas, and again, that's one of the benefits of not playing Detroit. If we lose to Detroit, that'll hurt. That's going to sting. If you lose to Dallas, I mean, listen, I know a lot of people hate Dallas more than anybody else. I'm I'm not super on that bandwagon, but there's also an understanding that, first of all, they're not NFC North. Second of all, they're a very, very hot football team right now. So hot right now. <laughs> I don't know why I got uh, Zoolander in my head. So hot right now. But, you know, if you lose to Dallas, hey, it was a massive success of a season, which we've never really been able to say that. I, I maybe shouldn't say never, but let's say since 2010 or whatever, we, we haven't really been able to say that. You know, t- 2009, we got into the playoffs. It was the first time, whatever. But the expectation is Super Bowl. Otherwise, it's, yeah, we, we did it again, but we lost again. We suck. Like, oh, ha ha, you can't win. Yeah, ha ha, suck. But it's kind of taking that same concept to the next level because it checks a much higher... It's like, how good is the team and what does that say about how good the future can be? If we stop the season today, the team is really quite good and it says a massive amount about the future. If they beat Dallas, as I said, that puts them easily in the top five this year. Even if you want to say, well, it's just one game, but I don't, I don't give a crap. Because everybody had just one game. But the Packers showed up in all the big games. They beat all the top teams. They beat Kansas City. They beat Detroit. They beat uh, the, the Dallas Cowboys. There's no disputing it anymore, especially when you look at how the team has turned it on in the second half of the year with all the youth that they have. If you don't put them in the top five, you're lying. And then again, now reassess. They're a top five football team, even with a bottom 10 defense and a bottom five special teams unit. Because of the play of the quarterback and and the wide receivers who are brand new and are just starting to figure some stuff out, what does that say about the future? Good freaking Lord, what that says about the future. And you're right. We are invincible going into that 49ers game. Now, that's going to make me a little bit sick because like most people feel about Dallas, I feel about San Francisco. I'm going to hate to give them another W in the win column. But again, this isn't like the powerhouse Rodgers and the Packers who just can't seem to get it done against the much superior 49ers. This is just a very young, inexperienced, starting to figure stuff out, like, cool, you won this one, we'll see you next year. This is a new era, like, you know, I'm I'm not scared of the 49ers anymore. Like, we'll be back. But but then again, next week we play the same game. If we beat the 49ers, <laughs> plus, 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 you beat Dallas, you're immediately in the conversation of Super Bowl. Like, right now, nah, nah. You're in, you're having a good time, you're, you're like Tampa Bay and Detroit, 
and all these other teams that are floundering, you know, that's the Steelers and whatnot. Just here, just here to have a good time, you know. No big deal. You beat Dallas, you can't be discounted anymore. You cannot. Even if you say the 49ers are better, fine. I don't give a crap. I don't care. We're at least in the conversation. So it is a big game in that way. And you're right. If you lose to the San Francisco 49ers, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but you know what I mean. It's, it's just, it's just piggybacking off the last call, which is pushing in all the chips. There is so much upside to playing and potentially beating Dallas that doesn't exist with Detroit, which then would go on to play, you know, potentially, I mean, you could go straight to San Francisco, I suppose, but, um, potentially going on to play Tampa or something. More than likely, honestly, we would have played Detroit and either lost to Detroit, which suck, or you beat Detroit and then you go to San Francisco and lose and then it's, aha, you're, you were frauds all along. I, I, I don't know. I just dig it. As far as keys, I, I don't exactly know at this time. I haven't gotten that far. In fact, that's what I'm doing next. I'm recording this first and then I'm going to start looking at Dallas a little bit closer. So hopefully by tomorrow I'll have some answers. I can't promise you that. It's just kind of a first glance. But... um I've, I've kind of got some of the basics down, at least from what other people are saying. As far as the run defense, I don't think it's as bad as a lot of people are saying it is. But um, I was kind of looking at some of their defensive scheme and the way that they play kind of is, it, it reminds me of probably a lot of defensive coordinators, but but you've also got, you know, Joe Barry and Dom Capers and Mike Pett. I think they were all kind of the same in which they were happy to neglect run defense in order to stop passing. And I think Quinn is the same way, at least in my understanding of his you know, cover three, heavy pressure from the front four, you know, using the linebackers and, cover, you know, just just the, the the basics of it. It sounds like most people don't respect their run defense, and it sounds like Dan Quinn doesn't emphasize run defense as much as passing. So there may be an opportunity there, although that's never a fully developed game plan. It's never just run the ball. That's not, you have to pass to win. So I don't exactly know the keys. Um, and then on defense, I mean, it's going to be real tough because it's, you know, it's Mike McCarthy. It's 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 uh, jabbing, trying to set up that big right hook. And right now, they got a quarterback that can do it. You know, he's he's seeing the field really well. They're hitting the shallow passes. You know, if you start to try to bring pressure, you bring that extra those linebackers or whatever else. He's going to pick you apart. And so, I have a feeling the tendency is to going to be to not. I mean, to similarly not bring a lot of pressure, keep guys in space, try to keep everything in front of you, and then just rush the guys up front and hope that somebody can get home. But Dak is also the number one quarterback under pressure. So if you get home, you got to get him on the ground. So I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously it's going to be a tough game, and we know that. I mean, it's it's hard to game plan against people that are really good at uh, at doing stuff. <laughs> but again, I will uh, take a deeper look at that starting today or for you tomorrow. Victory Monday, what's up? What's up? from Madison. What a glorious freaking day. <laughs> glorious day. I'm about to fire up your uh, your Victory Monday podcast. Yeah. Um, I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait. I know you're excited. I, I want to... Okay, so you remember, I think it was like in May. I mean, you get a ton of calls. You may not, but uh, I called in after dark, and I, and I was trying to give a guided uh, thought experiment slash visualization of Jordan Love very possibly being like a Mahomes-esque quarterback. Now, you told me I was a hippie from Madison. Fair enough. But my point was just like, that possibility exists, and we should like allow for that if not expect it. 
Dude, after yesterday, like, I'm not saying he's Patrick Mahomes, but, like, I-, I closed my eyes while laying in bed last night and not sleeping. And I just kept replaying, like, half a dozen of these throws. And, again, I think Jordan Love is probably the number one guy in NFL history to have his most awesome passes dropped. Yeah. The one to Jones against the Eagles last year. In yeah. this game, freaking two of them. The one to Dobbs is crazy, dude. Crazy. And, I mean, I guess Romeo's hurting, so, you know, I'll give him a little bit of a pass. But that was a crazy freaking throw. Absolutely nuts. Same thing with the one to Melton. I mean, I, I just can't I, – I just keep – I close my eyes and it just played in my mind's eye. It was amazing, man. I don't know what's going to happen. Everybody's going to say we're going to lose next to the Cowboys. Maybe we will. Um, I like what Coward said on, I don't know, whatever his, uh, like the volume or whatever. He does a little quick yeah, hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, look, the Packers can lose by 30 points. It doesn't matter. Yep. It's a victory. That's exactly. absolutely right. Now, I don't want to lose by 30 points. I'd like to beat the Cowboys. It'd be epic. But, dude, I, I, I really, like, Obviously, I love the season, but I enjoy uh, Packernet a lot in the off season. I love the, uh, like after dark, out mowing the lawn, our dialogue. This is going to be such a baller off season. Oh, it's going to be amazing. I mean, this, what has transpired here, especially in the last three weeks, has set the table for just such an epic freaking off season of hope, of excitement. I mean, this is setting the table to be one of just the all time. Freaking awesome off season. We got five, you know, top three picks or top three round picks. We are going to get a little bit of money back, and we got an ascending quarterback. Bro, let's freaking go! This is this is a freaking fever dream. Let's go, Packers! Yeah, and, and we haven't even really started talking about a lot of that stuff. Barely dipped our toe in the draft, and and most of that was looking at you know guys around ten. We're not picking there anymore. We're in the playoffs, so we've got a whole different crop of guys. Um, to be looking at, you know, I mean, maybe some of the guys we talked about, like Cooper DeGene could fall to that range, but you know, we're, we're looking at, yeah. Well, I mean, we did talk a little bit about Fawaga, but it's been a while. I mean, uh, Robinson edge rusher, Terry and Arnold cornerback. I don't know freaking who that is. Braylon Trice a little bit, uh, Brian Thomas, the wide receiver, Troy, F- uh, Fautenu, Kamari Lassiter, another corner, lots of corners, which I think we need to start kind of digging into that because um, it feels like DB makes sense, especially because there's so many of them in this. Uh, you got uh, Kinchin's Kitchens there. Emeka Buka did decide to go back to college, so he's off the table. Wasn't a huge fan of him anyways. Um, Graham Barton, interior offensive lineman, probably not. I always end up loving the guards like at the back of the first and think it could happen. And then it never does. And those guards don't usually pan out as much as I think, but I, I, I like them anyways. Um, Mitchell wider. Plus once we get kind of like in the twenties, that's when we can start looking at, okay, who are those like second round guys around like 45? That makes sense. You got Denzel Burke at Ohio state. If that guy runs a four, three, two, that's who we're picking. I just, that's all, that's all there is to it. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, uh, a lot of guys to be talking about, and and we haven't touched free agency at all. And although we're not going to be you know massively flush with cash, we're going to be in a better situation than we've probably been in a little while. 
and uh, Gutekunst is going to be able to open up the open up the pocketbook a little bit and maybe maybe find some stuff. Even if it's just one good find, go get me that one Zadarius. Give me that one Devondre. Even Devondre is not a great example because we we paid him pennies to come here. Get a Preston, a Zadarius, an Amos. Just not a Billy Turner. That's all I'm asking. Maybe we should just draft offense and do uh, free agent defense. That seems to be seems to be the way to go. Denzel Burke is expected to run a four or five, so maybe that's not the guy. Hey, Kyle again. So one of those things I was going to say, and I know you're going to fill up probably with calls like pretty much today. It will probably air like Thursday or Friday if, if, if not later, which is great. So as much as I don't want to turn the page of the Cowboys yet, just a couple points I want to get in. Um, one, it was really nice, even though things weren't going our way, the Packers didn't tighten up. You know what I mean? They didn't, like, get in their heads. The floor didn't get in head. Like, they just kept going. It was right. just, and, and, and that starts with the quarterback and the coach. And they just kept going. It was like, no, we got. It's weird because, like, you imagine keeping your foot on the gas and putting your foot on their throat or however you want to phrase it as, you know, they've only got 10 points and you go from 40 to 47, right? You're just piling it on. And obviously, when you look at the score, that's not what happened. But at the end, of that that is still what happened. Like, they started strong, and they just kept going. There was no point where it was like, oh, this is where it starts to unravel. And that's always what the Packers... I mean, that's probably most teams, to be fair. At some point, like, you just... You can't maintain that level of great play or whatever, however good play, successful play. Um, But still, you just... You always expect... That's why I was panicked at halftime. The fact that we had such a small lead was just thinking, we can't maintain this. The defense, the dam is going to break. The offense isn't going to be able to keep doing what they're doing, and the fact that they didn't capitalize is going to put us behind because I doubt they're going to be able to do that for four straight quarters. And here we go. The defense does hold for four quarters, and the offense does continue to just drive down their throat for four quarters. So it really was, even though it didn't feel like it, this game where they just they beat the crap out of them and they just never stopped for four quarters. We're going to keep doing our thing. We're dominating them, if, if not on the scoreboard, in every other right. way. We're going to just keep trucking and they can tighten up. You know what I mean? Like, those the Rodgers teams, remember, we talked about this offseason. There'd be the thing that happens, right? Totally in this game. Like, the love fumble in seasons previous would have been like the, oh, crap. You know, here we go. Oh, geez, it's all going to turn. Yeah. And then, like, everybody just stops freaking playing. I, it, right. Remember this? Obviously, remember this. It's been a thing the last several years. We'd all be waiting, and everybody's all tight and anxious. Oh, God, when's the next, when is the thing? That, none of that. Love dropped that, love, you know, the guy put the helmet on Love on the ball, and he fumbled it. I didn't feel like no panic, no stress, no anxiety. It was just like, all right, that sucks. We're going to get the ball back, and we're going to go do our thing some more. Dude, it's great. And they're playing loose. I mean, they... I don't want to say they didn't tighten up at all. There was just a couple moments. I, I kind of think youth had a little bit to do with that. But if they follow the format, they're going to learn from their mistakes and move forward. Now, turning to Dallas, you want to talk about tight. Whew, I, I know already the national media is not going to give the, the, the Packers a snowball chance in hell, which is great. That is great. Perfect. Because, oh, man, they're starting to talk Super Bowl and everything else in Dallas. Perfect, man. Perfect. Y'all don't know any of our receivers' names, but you know who you do know? You know freaking Aaron Jones, bro. Because he has slaughtered you. 
So that's fine. Go just sleep on us. Yeah. Perfect. Because you know damn well, if this game comes down the stretch and the Packers are up or we're within one score, Harsey, you know, he's prone to some stupid, weird, mind-boggling, you know, coaching decisions in tight games. And I think LaFleur does a much better job in that situation. You know what's going to happen in Dallas because we've had it happen to us. They're going to get tight. They're going to tighten up, man. They're going to tighten up. It's going to affect their play calling. They're not going to be smooth. We're going to be like loose. Whatever. We don't care. What's up? I'm just, I'm not saying we're going to win, but we definitely could. All right, let's go. Yeah, well, look, I mean, just like many of us, me and you apparently at least, kind of were waiting for that shoe to drop. I think a lot of us, myself included, are kind of waiting for that game. And it would be unfortunate if it happened against Dallas, especially if Dallas is at home playing their best ball. But waiting for the other shoe to drop, which is, you know, Jordan has a an off game. And the receivers start dropping balls. And the run game isn't there. And the defense falls apart. And we just get smoked. At the end of the day, this is playoff football now, which means, as everybody knows, including the Green Bay Packers, there's no more taking your foot off the gas. Like, that's not an option anymore. These teams are too freaking good. You might get lucky and play a team that's just having an off day, like what the Packers would do all the time. Just decide not to show up. And Dallas has a track record of that as well, as do the 49ers, let's be honest. A lot of teams show up every year just to not go to the Super Bowl. Buffalo Bills, et cetera, et cetera. Ravens, Steelers. We act like it's just a Packers thing, but it's absolutely not. But if you're going to win through this thing you gotta you gotta show up with what you had the last two weeks that's offense and defense you have to play at that level and if they do I agree I they they got a shot I mean they they are good enough I think a lot of people think of it in terms of let's assume both teams play their absolute best which team is better well I think it's Dallas therefore Dallas is going to win and anything else is absurd well maybe yeah you might be right especially when you factor in the defenses and special teams, and then maybe give their offense a slight edge. Yeah, we, at their best at home, it's it's probably going to be tough to beat them. But there's no such thing as perfect. There's ups and there's downs, and there's capitalizing of situations, and there's so many random individual events that are that are so far from perfect. So the bottom line is, any team that shows up and is disciplined and plays their best ball is very likely to win. It's that whole Bill Belichick thing. Just play disciplined football and let the other team beat themselves. Because you know what? Dallas is going to make mistakes. They're going to miss a read. They're going to miss a throw. They're going to drop a pass. They're going to fumble the ball. You just play as disciplined a football as you possibly can and be ready to capitalize on the situation on those moments when they occur because they're going to happen in every single game. And if they do that, absolutely they can win. Why don't we take a break? We'll come back and uh, we got one more call from Kyle and we'll get on to snacks and the rest of the crew. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, Kyle, one last time. What's up? been thinking about this. I forgot this, to mention it in the previous phone call. I want your take on this. I think Watson's going to be healthy enough to get the green light for next week or this weekend. But my question is... Sorry, I just had my thing crash. Let's, uh, let's back this up a second. I, I have no doubt that, that when Watson's out there and on the same page with the quarterback, obviously that is a very good thing. My concern is that we are going to use super valuable snaps to try and get those guys on the same page, and then we're going to lose. You know what I mean? Each each down is going to be so crucial if you're going to beat the Cowboys. I'm concerned. Now, maybe that he plays and they, they ball out and this is all stupid, but I, I am concerned because it just seemed like when he came back from, from injury the first time, Took him a couple games. Love's kind of forcing him the ball. Um, now maybe his Love's whole thing has changed. He's not going to try and force that ball to Watson. But I'm just concerned, not because I don't think Watson's a player. He is a freaking stud. If he's healthy, he's a stud. I'm just concerned because right now, the group we've been winning with um, and the quarterback are in a groove. People where they're supposed to be. Love is putting the ball in front of these people. Like, they get to the break, and boom, they're out. They're done. It's, it's, you know, it's like a machine in a lot of ways. And that's what we're going to need. We're going to beat the Cowboys. I'm concerned that, you know, we're going to put Watson out there, and it's going to be a negative not because of player, but just because of kind of the unfortunate circumstance of, of needing some time to get back in the groove. And I just think that this offense really, in, in just it was at a high level when he was playing, but it's really elevated even further. And I just, it's hard for me to imagine he's going to come off the bench and immediately be what he was, you know, against Kansas City when he went down. Um, maybe they can figure out, like, get some packages for him, get some end arounds and stuff like that. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just a concern of mine, and I'd like to get your take on it. All right. I get what you're saying, and I've heard a few different people kind of mention something like that. But I, I, the only thing I would challenge you on is we don't have a core that's working. We have had random different people get thrown in constantly. Um, you know, it seems like we kind of have consistency with Reed and Wicks, but not really. Wicks has been out, you know, several times, and Reed has been up and down. And l- l- let me just do this as an illustration. I'm going to l- read off the top receivers um, just looking at yards, top receivers, the top three receivers 
starting in week 18 and going backwards. Jaden Reed, Bo Melton, Dontavian Wicks. And, and again, for most of us, we're looking at it going, yep, that's the trio. Okay, well, obviously we know Bo Melton hasn't been for a long time, but let's see what last week was. Last week, it was Bo Melton, Jaden Reed, and Tucker Craft. The week before that, it was Romeo Dobbs, Tucker Craft, and Bo Melton. The week before that, week 15, was Dontavian Wicks, Tucker Craft, and Jaden Reed. The week before that was Tucker Craft, Romeo Dobbs, and Jaden Reed. The week before that was Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, and Dontavian Wicks. The week before that was Christian Watson, Malik Heath, and A.J. Dillon. <laughs> before that was Dontavian Wicks, Romeo Dobbs, and Jaden Reed. So we've got like seven, eight, nine guys. And they just kind of pop up and pop in. So the, the only real question is, do we not think that Christian Watson can kind of, it's kind of like that like uh, double Dutch hopscotch thing. Like, can he jump in without like messing up our rhythm? And I understand that concern, but we've watched Malik Heath do it. We've watched Bo Melton do it. We've watched Luke Musgrave come at, come back and get integrated back into the offense. We saw Aaron Jones jump back in and get integrated. I just struggle with saying that we trust Malik Heath to step up, but we don't trust Christian Watson to step up. And, um, you know, I mean, as far as, like, force-feeding him the ball, I don't know. I mean, he came back from injury week four, so he was out weeks one, two, and three. Week four, he had four targets. He caught two of them for 25 yards and a touchdown. I mean, it's not, it doesn't look like force-feeding when you throw him the ball four times. The next week, he did get targeted seven times. He caught three of them for 91 yards. So I think it'll be okay. I really do. I mean, um, is it is what you're saying possible? Yeah, it's possible. But I also think what you're saying and feeling is also true within the offense and with Jordan Love, to where he's not like, oh, thank goodness Christian Watson is back. These, but I mean, it's not like an Aaron Rodgers thing where it's like, I need Devonte back, please. I hate these guys so much. They don't listen. They can't catch. There's they suck. Like, please come back so I can just throw you the ball every single time. Jordan's loving this. He has no problem throwing to Jaden Reed or Romeo Dobbs or Christian Watson or Bo Melton. He's going to go through, and that's that's really what it is. It's not even trusting Christian as much. Yes, there's a potential he can come back and drop a pass or something, just like there is with Dobbs and Bo Melton last week or whoever else. Um, but it's really trusting Jordan Love to confidently stay within the structure of the offense understand the play. If the play is to go to Christian, he's going to go to Christian if he's open. A lot of the plays are not even designed to go to Christian. He's going to go out there. He's going to run down the field. He's going to stretch it out. He's going to create space for Dentavian to Wicks to work underneath. Jordan understands that's the idea behind the play, and he's going to give it to him. Now, there might be a fear of, like, he really wants to hit that deep shot, so even if it's not for him, hey, I think Christian's got him. I'm going to try to take it. Maybe. I just kind of think we're overthinking it a little bit. I, I think the positives outweigh the negatives. And that's assuming he even plays, which I'm somewhat skeptical at this point. But again, I get what you're saying, but I also just think we're kind of overthinking it a little bit. Today! Hey, it's Max! And I'll tell you what. What's up? You all want to have some fun. Mm-hmm. Giants certainly did and still do. You go right to your whatever podcast provider. Mm-hmm. You just look at the ESPN 1000 podcast. Okay. Started good old Tap and J Hood. 
podcast. And then maybe graduate to Carmen Yurko. Captain J. Hood. And uh, then really close it out with Waddle and Sylvie. Waddle and Sylvie, got it right there. What's the other one? And you just have yourself a listen. Of all of today's festivities, after last week, and I think I said this when I called in at some point last week, when they were all saying that Justin Fields is in, and this is going to be the one, and they're going to go into the end of the year, and do this and do that and honestly I'm I really don't like pointing fingers and being like told you so because I think it's I think it's kind of futile but man it was so adamant and so aggressive and so just in your face just ugh now they all just I mean you can tell they're all just devastated and we said it you said it that Fields is going to go and it had, to, it had to be that way. But just the way that they were posturing and all kind of the smack that they were saying and whatever else. Just go ahead and go right to those three shows and take six hours out of your week <laughs> and really have a good time. Kick your feet up, pour a glass of brown, maybe light a cigar. Mm-hmm. Do whatever you need to do. Just enjoy yourself as we get ready to roll on into Dallas and not give a rat about how it turns out. But that were there. That's my suggestion to all our Packernet brethren and uh, sistren. That's not even a word. I was going to say, is that you a, thing? That's a fine dope. time doing Sistering. that? Congratulations. Because I did, and it was great. Carry on. It sounds a little bit like cistern, you know, which is what is that, like a container of some kind? Dude, it is a word. Cistern. But yeah, cistern. Is a waterproof receptacle for holding liquids. So it's a cup. So it sounds a little bit like cistern, but it's pretty, it's kind of, kind of brethren and cistern. It makes sense. I just never, I never heard it before. You made up a word that's a real word already. So well done on that one. I always hate, but also love when that happens. Cause it's like, you know, you come up with this idea and I think I'm a genius and it's like, oh man, somebody stole my million dollar idea. But then you see it in place and working, and you're like, see, I would have, I thought of something on my own that was genius and uh, would have made me rich had I, you know, thought of it a long time ago and then, of course, acted on it, which I wouldn't have. But still, I thought of the idea all by myself. And uh, here we are. But yeah, we, we already had some fun at the expense of the Bears. Um, I, I have no. Um, problem with going back but i i just i really feel like i'm getting into this mode of let's take it to the next level you know i mean because that's where we're at like we know we're good enough to beat the bears sweet dope right we're we're good enough to beat a bottom 10 team that's fantastic and we can pile on them because they and you're right they deserve it and i'm i'm kind of the same way generally where i don't like kind of piling on and all that but once in a while it just, and, and and I'm just that way with Bears fans because they just get under my freaking skin so bad, especially with this Justin Fields thing. Like they're so arrogantly wrong and loud about how arrogantly wrong they are that I just I just can't help myself. That's why I struggle kind of going after Lions and Vikings fans because it's like yeah we we don't like each other's teams but it all seems relatively rational to me. Um. I mean, Lions fans are proud about where they're at. Well, yeah, 
<laughs> they're a good football team. They got a great record. They're in the playoffs, you know? So, <sighs> I the, the point is, though, I, I don't, I'm, I, 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 don't have the desire. I thought like all week, like I throw in these jabs at the Bears. Something in me has just shifted. And it's like, okay, now it's big boy football time. Now we're in the playoffs. Now we're going up against a top team. Like sitting here going, nanana boo boo. Uh, you know, and I know you called in on Monday or whatever, so I, I completely get it. But I just, on Thursday, there's just no going back. If we lose... Look, we'll uh, we'll pull out the big guns and we'll just start swinging. I'm just going to close my eyes and just start swinging at everything. We're going to like do draft and free agency and then start swinging at the Bears and then do a little bit of uh, you know looking for a defensive coordinator and then start swinging at the Vikings. You know, you suck more than we do, and then you know putting up defenses against the Lions, who hopefully are going to get knocked out this week because if they go further than us, granted, you know they got a better record. They won the NFC North. It's it, not that big of a deal. As long as they don't go to the freaking Super Bowl, for crying out loud, um, be able to get over it. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go in. But I just, I just can't go there right now. Something, something today switched. Yesterday, I'd have been all about it. Today, I just, I just can't get there. Now, Bears fans can probably get me there. Bears fans can get there talking that trash if they decide to show up and start talking that trash. But. For the most part, they're just mostly hiding, and for the few that are not hiding, they're mostly on the defense, the defense, the de- the defense, yeah. But I'm ready, man. I'm ready to move forward. I'm ready to uh, gear up and take on the Dallas Cowboys. Anyways, I got to get out of here. I got to record Tamara's podcast, and I'm trying to track this, uh, this new war we got going on over here, because why not? To start bombing stuff, you know what I mean? Sometimes you got to bomb some stuff. I do what you got to do, man. You guys have a good rest of your night. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.